African Dialogue, looking at different events in depth, discussing a variety of issues. What we see here is a clear violation of one, the right to privacy of Tiwonge and uh, Stephen. The position of Greenpeace is that it's been a disappointing meeting. Uh, good morning, good morning and welcome uh, to the Tuesday's edition of African Dialogue. Uh, my name is Kumbero Mungerere and we are currently on uh, the frequency 9625 kilohertz on uh, the 31 meter band uh, to Southern Africa. On the program today, we discuss uh, the future of a South African governing party, the African National Congress, uh, following its 106 birthday celebrations over the weekend. A newly elected ANC President uh, Cyril Ramaphosa spoke with authority and did not mince his words over the weekend while addressing uh, throngs of uh, the party supporters. But the two centers of power issue still hangs in the balance now, the newly elected ANC leadership has its hands full as it tries to rebuild the party that has shown signs of a division in the run-up to its December elective conference. ANC President Cyril Ramaphosa has made his stance against corruption and unity clear. Meanwhile, the matter of having two centers of power is yet to be addressed and dealt with. Now, Ramaphosa, as the new leader, of the party has admitted that the matter of whether President Jacob Zuma will be removed before his term ends is a matter that is that is yet to be discussed and has to be handled with utmost dignity. Now, to discuss this further, we are joined on the line by a panel of experts. We have Gabriela McKay from the South Africa's Institute for Race Relations, Tapelo. Tselapedi is a political analyst as well as Dr. Tabisi Huoyane from the University of South Africa. Thank you all for joining us. Welcome. Thank you very much. Thank you. Thank you. All right. Uh, but remember, African Dialogue <laughs> comes to you every Monday to Thursday at 1100 hours Central African time. You are also welcome to interact with us via Twitter at Channel Africa, Facebook, or you can simply SMS your views uh, to 079-695-7930. If you want to email us, uh, do so at info at channelafrica.org. And if you are listening to us uh, from the United States of America, you can uh, call us on uh, 605-475-1711 at no extra costs. Okay, guys, I want you to listen to these clips uh, before we delve into our discussion. Now, South African, South African President Jacob Zuma a while back spoke about this issue of two centers of power within the ANC. In fact, let's listen to that clip. The correct feeling has been, which I share, you, you, you can't say um, when you have a president of the ANC who is the president of the country, the president of the ANC must also, uh, <clears throat> these two must exist a parallel. Because if that is the case, you are creating a, a kind of uh, two centers of power that could in a sense compete in one form or the other, as you know, 
the ANC as a ruling party, uh, its policies have got to be implemented by the government. You would actually be saying the president of the ANC must instruct uh, the president of uh, the country. Uh, and, and at times, there may be things that are happening that as a president of the ANC feeling, look, is it the right or whatever. So we, we generally had an understanding that it would not be good to create two centers. Now, in 2008, a similar situation played out when the ANC decided to recall incumbent President Tabombeki, a decision believed to be part of an effort to heal and unite the organization. Here is that clip. After careful debate and discussion, the ANC decided to recall Comrade Tabombeki this was one of the most difficult decisions the NEC has ever had to take in the history of the ANC. We fully understand that the decision comes with a degree of pain to Comrade Mbegi his family, friends, members of the ANC, ordinary South Africans, and members of the international community with whom we interact. However, President Mbeki at the time wasted no time in reacting to his recall. This was his reaction. Fellow South Africans, I have no doubt that you are aware of the announcement made yesterday by the National Executive Committee of the ANC with regard to the position of the President of the Republic. Accordingly, I would like to take this opportunity to inform the nation that today I handed a letter to the Speaker of the National Assembly, the Honorable Balegambete, to tender my resignation from the high position of President of the Republic of South Africa effective from the day that will be determined by the National Assembly. Now, Well, President uh, Tabombeki there reacting to his recall way back uh, in uh, 2008. Let me start with you, Tapelo. As we had in those clips, the two centers of power debate is not a new thing. It has been spoken about for a long time here in South Africa, particularly within uh, the ANC. Now, just give us uh, some background in terms of where this so-called two centers of power within the ANC emanate from. Uh, thank you for that and for playing the clip. Look, I think it's important to go back. Last year at the, I think it was at the consultative conference of the ANC, Tawambeki had taken us back to, in that discussion, he had taken us back to the issue of the Mafikeng conference, where there was a conference of a resolution in Mafikeng on this issue of, of, of two centers of power, effectively saying that 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 resolution was saying that it doesn't matter whether you're president of the ANC or provincial chairperson of the ANC, the person who would be in government, whether it's the premier or MEC, would be then determined by the ANC. So it does not necessarily have to be 
a chairperson being a premier or a president of the ANC being president of the Republic. And I think that was quite important that this was to have that background which he provided at that conference, I think, last year. Mm-hmm. Now, now, obviously, it's, it's, it's not a new debate, and clearly then what happened in Polokwane, there was an overturning of that decision of, 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 of the Mashikian conference, saying that those, we would prefer that those who are obviously provincial chairpersons or, or you know, president of the ANC would necessarily become president of the Republic, vice versa as well, than president, well, premier of the province. So, so that debate has been ongoing, and obviously we've seen different, you know, a, a reversal of, of that. But I think what underpins that, it's, it's important to understand that, you know, in the clip President Zuma had spoken about that now you would have a president of the ANC instructing president of the republic. It doesn't necessarily flow, flow like that. A deployer of government of the ANC is given his, you know, sort of like terms of his office by the NEC of the ANC at that level at least. So it's not a matter of the ANC instructing at that level. I think it's an issue of the officials and the NEC keeping the president accountable together with his cabinet. So I think all of these things sometimes have to do with the issue of discipline of the deployee that's in government, making sure that he also runs the program of the ANC as mandated by him by the previous conferences and so on, those, the ones that obviously elected him. So I, I, I think there has to be, as we engage on the debate, let's, let's pick it up from there. That would sure. be my, my first point. All right, uh, Dr. Wane, a former president and leader of the party, Tabombeki, said uh, during his OR Tambo lecture last year that the ANC has made a very grave mistake by linking uh, the organization's leadership positions to government positions. Uh, He said the decision to link these two centers of power has resulted in the political killings as seen in the KwaZulu-Natal province. Do you think uh, linking these two positions once a grave mistake, as former president has said, Dr. Owen. Uh, let, let, let me engage the issue by actually clarifying what I understand by these two centers of power, because sure. most of the time we talk about these concepts and indeed we have different understandings of what exactly we are talking about. Uh, I think for me, the debate should be understood in the following manner. The fact of the matter is that the ANC actually, as a political party, and the government, it is quite clear that there is tension between the two at many points in time. Running a government is different from actually running the ANC. How many times have we seen the ANC actually taking positions, and then you find that the government doesn't actually implement them. So I think there is that necessary tension between the government and actually the, 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 the political party. It, it is not a seamless kind of situation where you find that actually what the ANC then actually mandates is deployees in government to do. Sometimes they hardly ever do that. So it is very, very important to understand that these two structures have two ways of actually operating. The government has got its own dynamics, the political party has got its own dynamics, and it is high time we understand that there is no way that actually we are going to have a kind of a seamless, you know, one center of power. Sure.
Now, coming back to my question, do you think linking these two positions was a grave mistake as uh, put forward by former President Tabombeke? Well, my, my, my view is that I don't think it was a great mistake. I, 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 I wouldn't want to enter the debate of whether it was a great mistake or what. What I'm saying from my previous comment is that in my understanding there has to be this necessary kind of tension positive tension between the two because there is no way that people who are sitting in the Tuli house actually understand precisely how the government works for example they give out instructions and then the government has got to deal with other dynamics outside there at the union buildings so this view that actually the two centers of power is actually necessarily something which is negative and which is problematic. I, I, I found it quite, 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 quite naive sometimes. All right, uh, Gabriela McKay, uh, Dr. Weana here is talking about the tension that exists between uh, government and uh, the party. What do you understand as uh, the two centers of power here, and, and, and how can uh, this uh, tension be properly managed, uh, Dr. McKay? <laughs> Not a doctor, but thank you. Uh, so, <laughs> my apologies. <yeah. laughs> no, no worries. Uh, so what I, I happen to agree with my colleagues, so the, the fact that there's tension between these two parties is not necessarily a bad thing. However, what we because oftentimes what you mandate in policy and what you can enact are two very different things. The difficulty comes in where if you have an ANC in the Tuli House that fundamentally wants something to be enacted and an ANC in Parliament that either can't do it or doesn't want to do it, that's where you have that fiction. So there's so two, having two senses of power is not necessarily a bad thing in that one may mandate and ask you to achieve certain policy goals, whereas the other might say we can only achieve it to this extent or this is what we can do and maybe come up with better ideas and better solutions. But you do have, you face an issue when those two centers of power are fundamentally opposed, and that's where you have a problem. And how do we manage this uh, tension, Tapelo, between these two uh, positions? Yeah, I think that's a very difficult question, and I'm not sure if I have an answer for that. But look, I think for me, I want to go back to that issue that I touched upon, because there's a context, one of the contexts in which, let's use this decision where the ANC had taken a decision that over the issue of Nganza, this is simple, uh, ANC President Jacob Zuma had to had to pay back the money, had to come to an agreement with, with the department to, to make sure that that issue is, is, is finalized. Five years later, the ANC had not taken that, uh, well, before the five years, the ANC, the, the ANC government had not taken the decision. President Zuma had not paid back the money. But a few years later, court judgment came in saying that there must be a payment of that money. And, and we know what happened. So obviously, there the, are the issues or instances where government is not able to enact, but there are also instances where it's quite clear what is right and wrong, but still nothing happens. So, so obviously I agree with the panelists that there is the tension and, and, and perhaps it may sometimes be a healthy tension, but I think it also may be a negative tension. We also have allegations of the issue of the multi-choice deal, what happened to it, where there's a script over the digital migration issue and, and that there were certain bribes that came through. So those are issues obviously that, that result in a negative tension given the policies of the ANC on the issue of digital migration. Um, how to solve that again? The ANC needs to make sure that its disciplinary procedures do have the sort of biting power that you know that that that, that they purport in their policies. Obviously, the the the, the, the issue of what's 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 happened with 
the president not being held accountable by our own own investigations inside the NEC and the committee that has those powers to do so. I think they must be given more teeth. But obviously, these are people who are elected at National Congress to then just, you know, usurp their powers in, in, in a, you know, a subcommittee or committee of the ANC is not quite that easy. So obviously, there's a lot of political juggling that has to take place. But I think they have to be quite clear. Part of the issue is that wrongdoing is not quite um, something that the ANC has gone after, has, has made clear that if a person or there's been allegations of wrongdoing, a person is pursued as an investigation and, and, and the person is prosecuted, or even if it's at ANC level or at government level. So, so that, that's how I would approach the debate of perhaps wrestling with this tension that, that exists between ANC as a party and obviously ANC in government. Now, of course, uh, the organization has been maintaining all along uh, that uh, there are no two centers of power and uh, that the only center of power is uh, the ANC uh, 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 Tapelo. And you're talking about sharpening the teeth of uh, the organization. Who makes sure that uh, its teeth are being sharpened here, Tapelo? Look, remember the organizational head is the Secretary General of the ANC. It's not just him and, and there's also the, his deputy as well. But there's an entire office, the SGO's office, that, that looks into issues of organizational renewal and, and, and development. So obviously that office must be able to make sure that the sort of committees that look into disciplinary issues of its deployees in government are looked into. Um, obviously, part of the reasoning as well, you know, prior to the elective conference of the ANC around increasing the officials, so having a, a, a second and third DSG, or Deputy Secretary General, was precisely that they are able to monitor government policies, making sure that deployees are actually enacting the sort of policies that they're supposed to be doing. For instance, as we saw with the issue of SASA, sure. I mean, ANC policy is quite clear in that, that actually we they must start to make way for the post bank to, to be able to sort of streamline all of these grants system. And, and it's quite interesting how I think that ministry has, has kind of straddled between, you know, ANC policy and, and its own, in a sense, you know, giving, giving that tender to net one, that company there. So I think all of those issues have to be wrestled by the SGS to how it, how it deals with that. And I think it's a difficult one. I can't obviously give a clear uh, guideline as to what the ANC can do with, with regards to buttressing or making sure that those institutions or subcommittees that they have can keep those people accountable. Um, but we, I think the ANC obviously now has Sir Ramaphosa and, and it's quite clear that he's about the rule of law, constitutionalism, about making sure that there are clearly defined rules and there's consensus around those rules. So it would be very interesting to see how he imprints himself onto this, 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 this new administration there. Okay, let's let's take a quick uh, break. When we return, we continue with our discussion. Channel Africa has good news for you. We have extended our reach. If you have an iPad or iPhone, download the Channel Africa iOS app at itunes.apple.com. If you have a cell phone, then get our Android app at Google Store. Get the latest news from Africa. Get the Channel Africa app. Channel Africa, bringing you the African perspective.
All right, uh, welcome back. You are listening to African Dialogue here on uh, Channel Africa, the voice of uh, the African Renaissance. My name is Kumbero Munjerere, and uh, today we are discussing the future of South African governing party, the African National Congress, following its 106 birthday celebrations over the weekend, particularly looking at this issue of uh, two centers of uh, power. Now, Gabriela McKay, it was said back in 2008 that the decision not to allow Mbeki a third term was to avoid two centers of power. Now, since Ramaphosa was elected new leader of the party, there have been murmurs uh, on the way that plans are afoot to remove uh, or to recall President Zuma and have Ramaphosa or steer the ship in the interim until elections next year. But this has not happened yet. Is this perhaps what we are going to see when the NEC meets uh, on a Thursday uh, this week, do you think, Gabriela? Um, I think it's going to depend quite heavily on the approach of President Zuma's um, sort of cabinet and faction and how they are willing to approach things. If they're willing to sort of get in line as with Sarah Ramaphosa's newly mandated policies, in his speech he saw that he's focusing on creating an economy and environment that will allow, allow South Africans to attain advancement economically and in their living standards. If he's committed to starting to help see through that plan, I think it might be viewed that it's not necessary to have that disturbance. However, as we saw before the conference, President Zuma announced free higher education, sort of almost, you know, if part of, if the more cynical amongst us would say maybe that was a little bit spiteful, knowing that his faction might not win, and then you force whoever's coming after you to deal with that particular problem of implementation. So if you continue to see that these two factions become so fundamentally opposed, it might then be easier for the incoming administration of the ANC to choose somebody else so that they can start to get their policies in place so they can start to pave the way for the vision Sarah Ramaphosa has for the ANC. So I think what we see happening on Thursday in that decision is going to be very much based on how willing the two centers of power of the ANC are to talk to, um, how willing they are to compromise and talk to each other and try and create a single vision going forward. Dr. Weane, what uh, what do you think? Do you think uh, Zuma's recall will come up during uh, the NEC discussion this week? I think that um, it will come up, but the issue is whether it will be implemented. Uh, I, from where I'm sitting, my reading of the whole situation is that this incoming leadership of the ANC actually is going to be very reluctant to recall President Zuma for various reasons. One of them is this. You see, the problem is that in the past when President Mbeki was removed, remember it was an organically issue which arose within the ANC. There were no outside forces. Now with President Zuma, the complexity of the thing is that actual opposition parties were at the forefront of the division. And the ANC is very alive to that fact. That's why he has been surviving all along these uh, uh, votes of no confidence. I think, therefore, on that basis, it is very go- it's going to be very, very difficult or very challenging for him to be removed. The second one is a practical issue. Since this new leadership has come in, especially through Cyril Ramaphosa. He has been preaching unity. And the issue here is how is he going to 
to actually, together with the NEC, those who want to recall Zuma now, how are they going to actually justify the logic of removing Zuma when they are talking about unity? Because they might well be accused of the fact that, look, you cannot talk about unity and then you turn around and then you actually remove the president. And the other dimension to this whole thing is that we tend to think about, you know, the recall of Zuma. Actually, we are talking about the changing of the government of South Africa. Because once you recall Zuma, you put anybody there, we have been told that maybe one of the ladies in the ANC might be put in there or even Ramaphosa himself. But a government change, does the ANC want a government change now 18 months before uh, the, the, the next election? And the other militating thing about changing or calling President Zuma is this one. I am astounded by how people actually think that this is going to be an easy thing. For example, if you look at the election conference, the Ramaphosa section didn't come into power with a landslide. Actually, it was a very tight contest. Therefore, there are still a lot, or there is a sizable, you know, people, group of people in the NEC, and even within that top six, which actually still support Zuma. So because of all those factors, I think, yes, the NEC will raise the issue, but that will just be for discussion. It will just be a diplomatic kind of thing that, yes, we discussed it, but we reached the point that it is not going to happen. Now, Tapelo, a recall of any leader, you know, comes with uh, its own risks uh, uh, here. What kind of uh, risks uh, are we talking about here? Does uh, recalling President Zuma pose a risk uh, to the unity of the organization going forward, do you think? Look, I, I, I agree with Dr. Hayan with regards to the, you know, the constant emphasis on, on unity by President Ramaphosa and how that may be used against the, the you know, want to remove President Zuma and effectively make a change of government happen. And, you know, that, that's a serious possibility. Remember also there's the element of, I think part of the success of the conference for the ANC, I think this success of the conference of the ANC is because there were a lot of backroom negotiations over that conference, clearly. And part of that was to avoid, again, you know, since Pulokwane and Mangaung, where there were splits inside the ANC, is to, again, you know, um, not, not to have a split for the third time for the ANC. And they've managed to avoid that, at least up until now. So I think if, if you are going to, to, to remove the still the serious possibility and potential that the ANC may be splitting. I mean, we have heard at least the rumors uh, at, at, at the policy conference that there were such discussions as to, as to what would happen. There, there were such rumors as well prior to the elective conference now in December that there may be a split given how the, the, the election goes. So I think that's a real possibility. But it, it would be interesting as well looking at the rumors that are, that are happening swelling now around, you know, the negotiations to remove President Zuma, that he would want certain ministers to, 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 to remain in their portfolios, particularly energy and perhaps security. And, and so the question is, if you remove only him, what then happens to, to his ministers, you know, and, 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 and perhaps what sort of networks do they have inside, and inside government and obviously outside of the party? And what will they do? 
Um, so I, I think all of those things are important to whether he will actually also leave. So if, example, you make a decision to recall President Zuma and he also does not leave, what does that mean for, for the party and how does it move forward? There's a possibility of that stalemate happening. But obviously I'm not as cynical you know, with, with Dr. Hayani to believe that perhaps that is not also a real possibility that you could be removed. I understand the difficulty about removing him, but I think there's a, a, a you know sort of serious considerations outside of the party to remove him. And I think if there was such a decision to do so, it would be better now than when we are closer to national elections um, to, to, do, to do so. That's what I think. All right, let me come to you, uh, Dr. Weyane. Now, how does one recognize uh, the time frame of uh, national elections here and uh, that of uh, party elective conference? Uh, uh, will the ANC have uh, to you know, always recall their president because the national elections come only after years, uh, do you think? Yeah, you see, that, that, that is another issue which I think is going to be in the mind of the NEC, because if President Zuma actually is going to be removed, the other dynamic of the whole thing is that the enemies of the ANC, don't forget them, the opposition parties are waiting out there, and they are watching to see what is going to happen. And it is, it is, it is not actually something we can ignore that actually these opposition parties have their own interest in the whole thing. Because once you remove President Zuma, they are going to be making a lot of noise to say, look, you people actually cannot even manage your own party. Your last president was removed before he was, you know, he could finish his term. Now look, you are confused. You are removing the second one. You are a party which is actually not able to govern itself. And so how can you govern the country? And the other thing which I want to highlight here is the following. About the split. I am really skeptical that a split will actually arise for many reasons. One of them is that I don't see who it will coalesce around. For example, the person who was most likely to lead that split would be Ngota Zanazuma. But she made a serious commitment that she will follow any other leader who is actually uh, elected. So I don't think she will take a chance and go outside and form a party. But the thing is that those people, disgruntled people will stay within the ANC and that is where the danger is going to be. Because there will be a sizable group of people who will be hurt by this issue of that Zuma has been removed. And I tell you they are going to make things very difficult for Ramaphosa as the next president if Zuma is being removed. Because oh. they will still be right inside the ANC. You see how Zuma actually survived the removal of Mbeki and the formation of Kobe and the removal of Malema and the formation of the EFF, is that those segments of the ANC then left the party and they were outside. But this time around, if they stay inside and they have this sizable kind of, uh, sizable kind of power within the ANC, they are going to destabilize the ANC very badly. Okay, uh, Gabriela McKay, over the weekend, uh, Ramaphosa made a speech which was uh, roundly welcomed. Uh, he has uh, seemingly p- pressed all of the right buttons here, uh, continuing with his unity stance. What did you make of uh, Ramaphosa's speech, uh, uh, Gabriela McKay? Um, 
It was it was a good speech. It said all the right things. It focused on what you know investors would want to hear, what the people of the country would want to hear. That we, South Africa is going to focus on going forward, building a strong economy, encouraging investment, getting rid of inequality. However, the problem is it says all the right things, but it's the action. So how are you going to enact all of these things? How are you going to get you know people in your party to enact these things? Because as we've mentioned before in this discussion, it goes against parts of it go against what the current government have been doing and what they might continue to do before Ramaphosa gets into power. So it's you're going to see that sort of confliction. But I think the the speech in and of itself is promising, you know, just the focus on running a tighter ANC, on, you know, just the simple things, having things start on time, being respectful of each other, all of those things send the right message. But as Dr just said, it's going to become very difficult with how you actually run and enact those things when you have members of the party you might dissent, you might not agree with you. So it was a good speech, but whether or not that can actually be put into action remains to be seen. Tapelo, was it a good speech, do you think? No, look, I think it was a good speech. Um, I, I think the president managed to, you know, put to rest the discussion of whether you know, in terms of policies of the ANC, is, is he emphasizing one over the other? I think it confirmed the issue that the ANC is one in policy and in programs. Um, I, I think, obviously, given also the speech and some of the stuff that you talked about, case in point, the issue of the Reserve Bank, that's a topic. It, it's quite clear that that's going to be obviously very difficult to, to run with. I, I don't think, you know, it's, it's going to be solid by many sectors in our society as well. But it's going to be interesting. I, I, I think he's, he's, he's quite clearly able to bring a lot of people into his conference into to how he's going to look at some of those issues, particularly also the issue around around land and, 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 and how obviously if that's, you know, once that is done, it's to make sure that, you know, there isn't any instability in the economy. Uh, making sure that you know our, our food security is still intact and all of that. So, but other than that, and, and, and a number of also other issues, he's managed to 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 be able to ingratiate himself with the leadership of the ANC, particularly when you saw as they enter into the Eastern Cape and visiting the the other royalties, traditional chiefs, and just the machinery of the ANC to also meet sort of other constituencies in in, in obviously in the Eastern Cape. He, he was he confidently spoke as, as a president of the ANC who had a huge support as, as a result. So I think it was a good speech. Now, contrary to the warm welcome that Ramaphosa received over the weekend, the incumbent president, Jacob Zuma, was booed. Is this an indication, perhaps, Dr. Weyane, that his service to the party and country has come to an end pretty much? Well, I'm not sure whether that conclusion would be accurate. Well, we we seem to have lost Dr. Weyane. Maybe uh, Gabriela McKay, do you want to answer that one? I think the the booing was probably just more a sign of uh, the members of the ANC being sort of upset and angry at sort of what Jacob Zuma has led them into, so the issues we have around state capture and just the, it's sort of, I think if you want to look at why the ANC sit and the predicament they do, you, you can trace it back to Jacob Zuma. So I think a lot of that, you know, the booing and the sort of being done with Jacob Zuma has to do with that element of, you know, of what his presidency has culminated in the issues of failing state and enterprises, state capture, money being wasted, and just the sort of general disapproval 
in his capability to lead and take the ANC forward and lead the country. Natapelo, he's got a bigger task here, uh, no doubt about it. Uh, you know, that of laying the groundwork for 2019 as the new uh, sheriff in town, as it were. What will uh, President Zuma's role be in uh, this situation, Tapelo? Uh, do you think he's going to feel a little bit left out in the run-up to elections next year? Hey? No, no. I think pre- presidents of, of of the republic representing the ANC are members of the National Executive Committee of the ANC um, by invitation, obviously including here President, former President Kalema and former President Wombiki. So I don't think he's going to be filling out. He will still be a member of that leadership. He will still be contributing to debate. And, and I can imagine perhaps in, in different sections of our country he would he would want to be used to go and campaign for the ANC as well. So I, I don't think that discussion would arise about his, his marginality inside inside the party under uh, Cyril Ramaphosa. All right, all right. Uh, unfortunately, this is all we had time for here on uh, the program. I would like to thank all my guests for having participated in today's program. Uh, stay tuned to Channel Africa to catch another informative installment of African Dialogue. Remember, African Dialogue comes to you every Monday to Thursday at 1100 hours Central African time. You are welcome to interact with us via Twitter handle at Channel Africa, Facebook, or you can simply SMS your views to 82 If you want to email us, do so at info at channelafrica.co.za. Until next time, it's goodbye for now. We are going to be playing out with some song. Cheers. Somebody told me that the lights were going dim Flags were all falling, coming down for him I did not believe it, I whispered out his name I knew the world that I knew would never be the same Never be the same It's in your face, I walk through the city, I walk through the streets, tears on the faces of everyone I meet. Taxis and towers, games we all play. Standing together in the freedom that he made. Long road to paradise, long road to peace, long life of sacrifice to set your people free. One more for my country, one more for the road. The road goes on forever. We'll never walk alone The rainbow wall around us But the rain is gonna dry We're gonna miss you forever Until the day we die We're gonna miss
Next you, Madiba, until the day we die. Isinha vezes, isinha vezes, só 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 vezes,